I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife, Abby, my sister, Amanda, and I talk honestly about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, yeah. I would love to chat it up. No. But far more important people than I, than you, than any of us here. Yes. The voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, he is legend, legend in this city. I mean, there's there's not a human being, I don't believe, in this city that doesn't go, I've absolutely heard that voice before. You think about voices in Kansas City. We work in radio, but if there's one voice that you could probably play for an 8-year-old kid or an 80-year-old human being, it's it's Mitch Holtis. I mean, his, like... He's just going to throw it long for Demarcus Robinson. It is going to use up all the time. The game is over, and the Chiefs' kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. The Kansas City Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 54. Final score, Kansas City 31, San Francisco 20. And Chiefs Kingdom, get ready to welcome your champions. Born June 28th in Smith Center, Kansas. A graduate of Kansas State University, he was the radio voice of the K-State Wildcats, receiving interest from numerous NFL franchises before joining the Chiefs broadcast team in 1994. His voice becoming part of the fabric of the Chiefs' history and legacy. And today, he's here to talk about this Sunday's big AFC Championship game against the Bengals. Please welcome, sports broadcasting legend, Mitch Holtus. Mitch, how are you doing this morning, man? Score more points. Score <laughs> more points. That's you right. Have an in, you have such an influence on my life. Dude. You know, I pour over all these stats, and just in the hallway you go, hey, score more points. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so brilliant. So it's <laughs> in my brain, heart, and soul since that, since that day. Let me tell you something about Mitch Holtis. He knows. He knows. And you know, listen, spread the word. <laughs> I have the answer to the championship. And that's when the clock thing runs out of the, the, the time, then if you have more points, then you win the game 100% of the time. It's incredible that you just simplified something so complicated yeah. down to those three words. And I... It's just left such an impact on my life. Now, what we need to do is, like, these players exchange jerseys right. after the game, you know, and sign it, and then, hey, here's my jersey, here's your jersey. Right. I need to trade you a touchdown Kansas City shirt from High B with your score more point shirt, and we do it at midfield. We really I, – I, I was wondering if you are going to say it today because I actually am wearing a shirt today that says, just say no to sports. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you know, stay true to what you are. Yeah. Well, uh, you know what I love? I do love, uh, hey, I love I love how you do it. I, I, I'm so let down, and I really mean this, genuinely. Um, because, you know, obviously I'm a bandwagon guy. I like to watch it when we make it to the playoffs, when we make it to a Super Bowl, whether it be baseball, when we go to the series, whatever it is, that's when I want to watch. That's when the excitement, it's my city, and I, and I get real joy out of that. Um, but I bum out because I, I hear these guys on television 
And it's not the other voice that I know. And, and it took me a while to go, why do I not enjoy this? So I go, yeah, because they're not as good as Mitch. Mitch, you really do put that excitement, that love. You've got a certain way of doing it that I think is so fantastic. And I really, like, it, it actually brings me, and, and this is, again, I'm not a sports guy. Like, I enjoy it when you're doing it. Johnny, it's got to be natural and real. And that's just the way it is with me. Every people that know me, I mean, you got Nikki in there and Ryan, they know I'm a whack job, AJ, but it's, it's real. So what you're hearing and seeing when they put those GoPro cameras up and make it go viral and everybody's like, what's he doing? He's going crazy. He's like busting the window out. Uh, it's all just a natural reaction. And one of the things and one of the compliments I get back is people are saying, well, that's exactly what I felt. Yeah. Like you're telling us. And so that it's what I want to do. It's got to be, Real and natural and, and not fake. Yeah, right, right. And, that, and you, you know what? You're a thousand percent right. It's, that is the most fun. It is fun to be uh, a broadcaster in those moments when you're, you're not even thinking so much anymore. You're just reacting and, and you're doing exactly what everybody listening is, is probably feeling the exact same way. You're, you're, you're excited the same way. And this game that we watched on Sunday, holy cow, even I was like, what's happening in front of me right now? Like, it, you, you wouldn't even make a movie like that because it wouldn't be believable enough. No. You know, the writers of Ted Lasso are going, we couldn't think of that. Uh, yeah. it's, it, we could, Johnny, we could live two lifetimes and never see a game like that again. I mean, 30, 31 points after the two-minute warning. It's, it, it, it's so crazy. But really, overall, we're living history. Whether you like the Chiefs or not, whether you like sports or not, for 48 years, we went to one AFC championship game. For 58 years, the franchise never hosted an AFC or AFL championship game. Never. 60 years almost. And now we're doing it four straight years. And that sets an all-time NFL record. And if you're not going to host the Super Bowl, the next best thing to host is the conference championship game. And we've done it four straight years. It's like, what am I living? Like, pinch me. I'm like... I've got so many holes in the sheetrock in my home office that I just keep punching my head in there like, what are we doing? This is awesome. <laughs> well, and you, you, you started yours the same year we started this. Like, I didn't realize in 1994, that's when you became the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's the year we, we, we got the morning show. And I just think, my God, he's just this. And that to me is such a long time. And I don't know of any other broadcasters done anything that you, like this, like you've done. And, you know, you're an eight-time Kansas Broadcaster of the Year, 28 seasons for the Kansas City Chiefs. And without a doubt, from 8 to 80, you are the most recognizable voice in this city. I, it doesn't matter if you're a sports fan. When people hear you, I think Mitch Holt is like, that's, that's just a super identifiable Kansas City Chiefs. Like, I mean, I can hear it in my head. That's a, And I'm not a sports guy. Johnny, here's the other thing. And, and don't you see how it's all tied together? It's all very poetic that you and I, like, kicked off at the same time, like we're running down the slope together. But here's, here's what you and I both share, and it's the connectivity. And I'm, let me tell you where I felt it the most. It's almost giving me chills to talk about it. I was in the back of the pickup with Casey Wolf in the Super Bowl uh, 54 parade. And we're in, the, we're in the bottoms there by the Missouri River on Grand Avenue. And we come over the hill on the north end of Grand Avenue. And all I see for miles are people dressed in red, joyful, happy. Right. I mean, you guys have kind of seen these at, at Rockfest, but in this case, it's everybody. It's every right. demographic. Grandpa's grandma's, black, white, sure. uh, Asian, Native American. They're all hugging and fist pumping and kissing and, and having, like, I'd never have seen such incredible joy 
unified together like that. And that just left an impression on me of like, man, can we like connect and unify and everybody, you know, feel that joy simultaneously. It's, yeah. Well, uh, it's that, it's that it's what, and you guys do it every morning. No, I get exactly what you're saying. That's my draw into, into sports. Like I love to see yeah. good guys yep. win. I love to see a team and a town come together. And above all, especially in these times, when you see everybody being excited about the same thing with no division, no divisive statements, nothing weird. It's the most basic human thing, whether it be a band is playing a song and everyone's singing along or a championship has been won and everybody is celebrating together. You're right. That, that lack of wall division, that lack of any difference at all, that, that sameness is a real thing, man. It really is a joyful moment that, man, we could use a thousand more percent of. And it's very few things can do that, but the Chiefs are, yeah. are one of those. And that's why even like this week, this game on Sunday, we're, you, sometimes you only get that like maybe once in a lifetime like we had at Super Bowl 54, but now we had a shot last year, didn't get it done. We got a shot again. I mean, we could do this again. And it's just uh, rare for that to happen. So tell me this. The other like- thing is trying to be surround, surrounded by greatness. You're surrounded by greatness there. I mean, you got – how do you, I, I do a remote when we were at High V to do the Chiefs Kingdom show. And you got Ryan Westward. That's First right. of all, the name, right? You got Ryan Winward or Westward, whatever his name is. <laughs> when, do, when does your remote operate? When does your remote on-site guy take over the show? Because yeah. we have women that drive four hours <laughs> to be there on a Monday night from Stafford, Kansas. And they're there and just stare at Ryan the whole time. I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I, that's the connectivity, I feel, where everybody comes together, especially women staring at Ryan oh. for an hour, driving four hours. I yeah, hate it. Out. I hate I, I hate being near him because he's, he's good-looking. He's incredibly talented. He works incredibly hard. He's always nice. Did you know he's also a corporate jet pilot? That's what he does oh, yeah. for a living. Oh, yeah. come on. That, come on. It yeah. Just, oh, yeah. And, and you know, Ryan, Ryan Westwood. Like, yeah. you got to be, like, hosting a... Hollywood TMZ show or something. Here's all the hits with Ryan Westwood. (laughs) But for him just to take over the show, there is a gal from Stafford, Kansas. Look it up and just Google map it and then see that this gal drives to the show and basically just sits and stares at Ryan. I'm like, (laughs) I don't know. It's okay. It's very humbling. And then have Nikki Pace there with you, too. Talk, Talk about connectivity. Now, I tried to get Nikki to go to prom, junior year, senior year. Had to, Is that right? You know, i got to wash my hair. Oh, yeah, I wash my hair. Um, I've got homework to do. Like, I'm prom, you got homework. I go, you're not that good a student. And, uh, <laughs> so, no, That's a friend. Never, I didn't know you guys knew each other back then. Is that true? No? Yeah. yeah. No, yes. I'm it it's up. not I'm over. And then never she say married, never. Then she married ah. Mike Kennedy, which is a – it crushes oh, yeah. all of us because he's just better. That's right. Mike Kennedy is like I look 20 years younger than I really am. I know. Yeah, I work out. You want me to take my coat off? You know, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'm up against. Oh. You know, there's always something about Mary and Brett Favre walks in the room, and, and Ben Stiller goes, oh, it's Brett, Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. We got a chance. Mm-hmm. Mike Kennedy walks in and says, oh, it's Mike Kennedy. And Mike Kennedy, yeah, you ride westward. You know, so, uh, yeah, you know, Johnny, we just roll along, buddy. Just lucky to be here. That's what we are. And, and, and But listen, you have this effect on people. Because I watch AJ, who, who works with you also, Alan Engel, who, by the way, I'm telling you, if you asked him to murder somebody for you, he would do it. Like, I've had conversations. <laughs> 
Dude, he throws me out of that suit. He's like, Mitch is on the way in, and he's wiping stuff down. He's cleaning stuff out. Tell me, get out. Mitch is here. The real talent is here. And and But he really does love you. And it's funny because I was talking to Ryan about you ahead of time. And it is amazing to me that everywhere I go, everybody, if, you, if your name comes up, they just talk about what, A, and incre- first out of their mouth, incredibly nice, polite, and then always followed up with what, what a talent, what an amazing guy. And your voice is so popular. It's so known in this city since 1994 as the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. What's the weirdest place, like doctor's office, colostomy, like what, what colonoscopy, like that you're there like, oh, my God, you're Mitch Holfus. Prostate exam. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, yeah. it's like, hey, this is just going to, you know, this is going to take a little bit of a while. I go, hey, what did you think when, when we scored with 13 seconds left to tie? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, going deep, going deep. <laughs> uh, the uh, well, there have been some weird places. Uh, honestly, like uh, in Hy-Vee, truthfully, mm-hmm. uh, they'll I'll be you know all I'm trying to do is like get some Uncle Ben's wild rice to take home, and they'll go, oh my god, do it, do it, do it. like Kelsey and, and Mahomes and like, do it. <laughs> like I'm not going to do it in the store, okay, and belt it out. That'd be so cool. Let me get a selfie and you do it. Oh, that's uh, great. Honestly, at church, this happened. A guy behind me, do it. Do it. I'm like, yeah. But, so, well, the coolest thing, Johnny, the coolest thing is I'll see little kids playing, and they don't see me around or whatever. I just kind of, and they'll be, you know, messing around in the backyard like we all did as kids, and they'll, you'll see some kid, you know, score and go, touchdown, Kansas City. And I thought, all right. My work is done here. Yeah. And I can move on. Yeah, it. it's just it's just fun to see that. It's awesome. Do, do you make friends? Have you made friends over the years with players? Like, would, do we go, man, after it was over, the game's over, the season's over, maybe they've moved on, that uh, you stayed in touch, you've made actual, like, good, close friends? Other than winning a Super Bowl ring, it's uh, the highlight of what I do. That's right. you got a Super Bowl uh, ring. Yes. The, the relationships and an NFC championship ring from last year. But it's secondly, and I'm, I'll be serious about the the relationships with those guys uh, are some of the most important in my life, and it transcends time. Uh, we just so you know work also for 65 TPT, and we'll do shows throughout the week, and you'll see them social, and but we do Facebook live shows. Uh, we'll do a Chiefs uh, field pass before games, a rewind after game. But the reason I'm telling you that is we'll have former players be our guest on the field before the game. When Dante Hall walked up, I mean, my eyes just started to tear up, like to oh. see him, um, uh, Derek Johnson, some, you know, some of my all-time favorites. But the other thing that I enjoy, too, is their reaction to me. Speaking of connectivity, it takes them back to the time of where they played. Like, you're not forgotten, dude. You are remembered because I remember you, and I'll make oh. sure everybody else remembers you. And so those relationships are... Oh man, some of the it's it's one of the greatest things about being the voice of the Chiefs that and to do it for twenty eight seasons is the thousands, thousands of guys that I've been around and those hundreds of guys that are special to me. And hopefully I'm special to them. Yeah, no, I I, I truly understand that where you go. I can't believe that I'm able to pay my rent doing this. But even more than that, you're right. The friends you make, because it's, it's people that you admire. People that you, and even if you didn't have this job, you'd watch them on a television. You'd, you know, for us, yeah. I'd listen to them play songs. I'd, I'd, I'd see them as actors and musicians or comedians. 
and and you do you you go man i can't believe i get to do this like it really does mean something and then if you make a personal connection it's deeply uh it, it's something i've enjoyed and i and i'm really thankful for we it's uh, and i when they have when we get out of covid we have the uh chiefs it's basically homecoming weekend like a college would have but it's a reunion of players coming back and just to see those guys uh it's and to see their reaction and their eyes light up and that's nice. And, um, yeah, it's, it's it's fantastic. It's uh, it's honestly it's one of the blessings. And it's why guys, when they retire, say that it's the thing they miss the most, because there is a when you're on a mission, and you're on a mission that's tough, and you're on a mission where 31 other teams want to knock you off the cliff, or nuke you know nuke your oatmeal then when you're together against that, you do develop this bond. And, sure. and, uh, and so that carries on. You've I mean, been in the trenches, leave. man. You've been to war. You do. Yep. yep. That's you, it. And uh, it does become a band of brothers. Well, you listen. You, uh, I really don't enjoy a lot of times when, I, when the television announcers are doing it. Uh, for whatever reason, I just I don't think they're exciting. I, I think they're, it just doesn't, it doesn't capture me. You have always captured uh, this city and mine as well in your delivery and your enthusiasm and the honesty and the truth and the genuine fan that you are. I think you're a great representation. And uh, I'm just glad you came by the show today, man. I hope we get to go to the Super Bowl. I hope we win this AFC championship. And uh, it's just been, it's been really fun getting to know you now that, you know, the Chiefs finally transferred over to the Wolf here at, uh, at Odyssey. And that gave me the opportunity to, to kind of run into you more in the hallways. And, uh, and I've just really enjoyed it, man. You're, you're a fantastic cat. When I first saw you in the hallway, and Nikki was there, so but it was a moment, right? I saw Nikki. It took me all the way back to all those rejections. And then I saw her. <laughs> I go, is that Johnny? She goes, don't look at him at the face. Do not my look at him at the face. Oh, my ass. <laughs> oh. I go, do not look. I'm you like, locked in. Look at him oh. in the face. Oh my. And AJ, AJ told me the same. He's just like, dude, stay cool. Don't hyperventilate. <laughs> so I get excited. People know that. And, uh, in you fact, something. I, I don't know if you know this, Johnny, but I've set up tires in the backyard. I'm running through them. I've got like the guy with the pugil stick, like in there poking me with the ball. I go, t- I went and tackle the neighbor's dog this morning. He didn't like that. But I go, I'm, I'm trying to get ready. I'm trying to get rid of you people. So. I'm a bad guy to be a neighbor, too. Oh, my God. Listen, anytime, man. Uh, right, bro. You're welcome here anytime. I hope that uh, hope we have another parade. I hope you get another ring. I hope I'm in that pickup coming over that hill because mm-hmm. that was that was something else, man. To see just miles and miles and thousands and thousands of people. Dude, that Thank makes me so happy much. for you. Uh, well, it was yeah, man. I want to do that again. Yes. Beat, beat the team that's got the bowling ball for the helmets, like. Uh, like, is that a bowling ball? You guys are bowling? <laughs> uh, anyway, we're going to play these Bengal Tiger types, but thank you so much. And uh, this, this segment produced by Ryan Westward. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best. Thank you, my brother. Hold on. The great, the legendary Mitch Holton. I like it. It's something. I cannot believe you didn't bang him. You should have given it up in high school. <laughs> You should have let him play with this. Everything. Wasn't that good of a student? Even, a waste even, of my time. Even Mike would be like, "You really should have." You see a chance, take he, it, kid. If he could go back in time, Mike would be like, "Not that one. Not that one. Not that one." <laughs> Jesus, that, not that one. That one. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. How drunk were you? You missed that opportunity. Mitch is, Mitch is one of those dudes. Like, <laughs> if you found out like your chick split you for him, you'd be like, "Well, I get it. Yeah. I, I understand why." Uh, that, yeah, that, I'm not. Uh, I'm not happy, but yeah, you know, no, he's none, a good. He's a good. None yeah. of us have. 
I mean, people have radio voices and then regular voices, and we've never done like we just talk like we talk, so people know who we are, whatever. But if I was Mitch Holtus making sweet love to oh, my wife, oh my god, he's going deep. He's gonna go uh, for it. Oh yeah, he's exactly. about to finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no. anything, his poor wife's like, shut up. Yeah, he's Jake. fourth and down. Jake. Here he goes. I think it's going to be a two-point conversion. Oh, and it's yes. climax from Jake <laughs> Jeffries. She's like, you better get the extra points. Searching for a parenting podcast you'll actually want to listen to? One that covers everything from how to deal with picky eating, how to grieve a pregnancy loss, and how to not hate your partner after having kids? Well, your new favorite podcast, After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings, is here. Hosted by two BFFs, this is a no-shame parenting podcast. Listen to and follow After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Jake had just rounded up Carrot Top. I wanted to, I didn't want to waste any time getting him on the show. And I've just always been a huge fan, just of his entire thing, man. Just He's always been uh, his own jam and, uh, in, 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 you know... The fact a 16 year run. Is this 16? Yeah. Oh, just over 16. I mean, talk about a dude who did his thing yeah, you can, and made it work. Kiss all of his ass. Because, <laughs> dude, I mean, you talk about straight up murder. You're in uh, Vegas on the strip, 16 years, still relevant, still hammering, still going sharp at as it. hell. Yeah. No, it, it, Goff was just there and said he just absolutely killed it. In fact, Goff, who's a hard Vegas guy, yeah, I mean, Vegas at least twice a year, sometimes mm-hmm. more, said best show on the strip. Born February 25th in Rockledge, Florida, the son of a NASA scientist, he was attending Florida Atlantic University when he performed at a campus open mic night, and a comedian was born. His tireless work ethic has led him to become the world's most famous prop comic, and now he's celebrating the 16th year of his historic run at the Luxor in Las Vegas. Please welcome, Carrot Tom. Hey, Carrot, how have you been? I just had a friend who was there, Carrot, and he said the show was as good, if not as be- better than it's ever been. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah, that was, uh, it's been fun, man. I tell you, the, the, the more you do, it's weird. It's been really fun the more I do this, the more I have fun. Yeah, well, I mean, look, 16 years, people dream of this. Comedians got to go on the road. If you're lucky, you get specials. Uh, if you're really, really lucky, you get to do, uh, you know, big rooms. But 16 years... In, in in Vegas, like that is the dream gig of all dream gigs because, you know, you don't have to jump on the flights every time. You, you, you can still go out and do other shows. You can do, still do other stuff, but you've got this built-in feel-good audience that is, uh, you know, I mean, look, you got to be great to do it, but man, if you're in that pocket, what a life. What a, what a, and I think about the book you could write if you wanted to, about the truth of Vegas I'm 60. Trying to. Funny, funny you should ask. I'm actually trying to write a book right now. A real one? Remember all this. The truth? Like the real hardly holy holy hell truth? The, the real truth, yeah. What kind of book am I going to write? I, well, I mean, you know, you can, but you can write about the fun, easy stuff or, you know, the Vegas stuff. Because one can only imagine the parties and, and what you've seen. Well, I'm going to write a little bit of everything. I mean, there's got to be some stuff in there involved with, you know. You know? Yeah. The sexual stuff and the things and the fun. And the, the, I would say, as I call it, the good old days. Now I go home and watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, what a world. Because I have friends who live in Vegas, and a lot of friends who used to live in L.A. that have now all moved out to Vegas. 
And it is a, it, it's a constantly changing culture, but at the bottom, it is gambling. It is Las Vegas. It is the, the Sin City. It is, it's about comedy and music and gambling and sex. I mean, that's, that's what makes that world go round. Bring the kids. <laughs> Isn't that the worst thing that ever happened to Vegas to bring the whole family, the kids thing? It happened for a while. It kind of went away, but for a bit, that was the thing. And that was my joke. I said, hey, drinking, gambling, bring that, bring the kids. <laughs> Awful. Double down. Timmy, double down. But yeah, it's, got, it's gotten better back to uh, what it should be. It's been a, yeah. I've seen this town change so much. Sure. Sure. And it's it really is an interesting town because there's nothing else like it. It's part Los Angeles and Hollywood because it has a, a this, this giant entertainment energy to it. But it's not. It doesn't make movies. It's not uh, where TV shows and stars are made. It's where stars come to make more money. And, you know, where adults come yeah, to. to it's changed, right. It's changed a lot from when I first started. When I first got the gig, you're like, geez, you're going to go to Vegas. Are you ready to, like, just like retire? And now, you know, the people like Elton John and Adele and who all these other, I mean, it's amazing the kind of people they start how they're bringing in here. So. Well, the Adele thing, we got to talk about this. Goff said you just dropped the hammer, and it is insane. <laughs> Because you're a, you're a performer. You are a performer. You know. You're, there's a, there is a, a genuine responsibility to making sure that show happens, especially when it's such a short window and people have spent so much money. Yeah, I did a whole thing. I still do a whole thing. My, my Instagram, when you hang up, has the, has the best one. I, I did a whole bunch of stuff on it. You know, we're not ready to do shows. It's not ready. It's not ready. Who the hell's been ready ever? I, I was never ready. You know? Right. Show must go on. Let's go. Yeah. The, yeah, the music's playing. Walk out. Walk out on the stage. It's time to go. I uh, And you, and this is a long time ago, I remember seeing you have such a great time with Steel Panther over at Mandalay, and I was hanging out with the guys, and you come rolling up on stage, and they were genuinely so excited to see you, and you just knocked out a great drunken version of some, I can't remember the song, but it was just nothing but smiles in that audience. I just always, it always struck me yeah, that. That was, fun. That, was, that was fun back in the day with those guys. Yeah. In but people get to see Vegas like that. They see Carrot Top walk out with this great band, and you clearly have, were having a great night, and you're smiling and singing, and they're like that. And, I mean, that's, those are crazy little once-in-a-lifetime moments. They happen to be in the audience for that, and that is the heart of Vegas, right? Right, indeed. You, what, what do you mean? Yeah, was going to play Caesars. Now she's playing Little Caesars. So. <laughs> <laughs> Would you? Uh, do you still love it? Oh, I love it more than I ever did because now it's just I'm kind of relaxed. It's weird, you know. George Carlin, of all people who I've admired my whole life, I, I guess you know him pretty well towards the end. And he gave me some, you know, he kept saying, "How many shows do you do at night?" And I said, "I do one on Friday and two on Saturday." He said, "Why do you do two on Saturday?" And I said, "Well, I have a, my manager has a car payment." And he laughed. He says, no, seriously, why do you do two? And I said, you know, I get a second shot at it. He got all mad. Never give them the audience a second the upper hand on this. You do, you do your thing, and you do it, and you do it the best you can do it, and screw the audience, and don't ever let them, you know. And I was like, whoa, okay. And I said, but you, where, where you're at, George Carlin, I mean, you know, it must be nice to be where you're at, where you know how, you, you've got it down, and you know what to do. And he said, I ain't got nothing down. I, I, I'm learning every night. It's kind of true since he said that to me. It's kind of like you get, you get better.
better at your craft, but you also, at the end of the day, you think, you know what, you can always improve and make it better. Sure. No doubt. Current. Keep the show fresh. Well, the fact that George Carlin put his blessing. I mean, for George, I mean, that's like God himself touching you on the nose. I mean, that's 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 credibility and love and respect. George Carlin, like of our generation, that was our Lenny Bruce. That was our, our they'll never be it, you know. And and how did you end up being friends with him? I just, you know, I don't know. He saw me and I, I, I was working in the same hotel, the MGM Grand at the time. And he was finishing his run that week and I'd come in to start my week. And I was standing backstage in the wings watching him, and I came off, and his manager said, stay right here. And he walked over in the dark, and he said, uh, Caretop wants to say hi to you. And he says, Caretop. And he looks over, and he shook my hand, and um, he said, come back in my dressing room. And he, he sat in his dressing room and literally talked to me for an hour, probably, me and my buddy. And he was just going on and on and on about how great he thought I was and how great he liked my act. And, he, and it was the weird part was he wasn't like making it up. He didn't, they didn't uh, prepare him for this. He just he just he just knew my act like he had seen it on TV. And he kept, he kept going over the highlights of the things that he liked. He, ah, that probably do it. That is so brilliant, kid. And uh, it was one of the things you kind of just wow. You know, you, I left his dressing room that night. I I went to the diner and had some coffee and we just sat and said holy moly did we just sit with george carlin and him praise me yes <laughs> comedy yeah so it was a he was a he was a good dude yeah well think about it and i know we have to wrap but but it, it occurs to me while you're telling me the story that if you think about george's point of view he watched all these comedians who wanted to be him so badly, and they really were super derivative of George and the, everything about right. him. And you, you're a, a genuine original, and you're really breaking your own ground, and you have to do your own yeah, thing. I knew that's what he liked about it. I, I, I do always him be George Carlin because, you know, who, who would even try to attempt to be him? Yeah. So I just tried to do my own little, my little stick, and he loved it. He's like, I love what you do. It's great. I love that, dude. I really do, man. Hey, listen, you know, I'm oh, a fan, yeah. and I uh, always have been, Carrot. You've always been, whenever we've run across each other, you're just a genuinely super sweet, very kind, very generous cat. Well, thank you. And I, and I just played the, I just played Kansas City. I played the Maristar Casino not too much three weeks ago. It was a great time. Oh, man. Man, listen, I'll make sure Jake has got, gives you my number and stuff. If you ever get in town, you need something, you want to hang, or you're just in and out, whatever, next time in Vegas. But uh, I'd love to catch up with you. I would love that. Yeah, get us into that rib place. We couldn't get it. <laughs> you, dude, I will take care of it. You hold on. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV.
So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Searching for a parenting podcast you'll actually want to listen to? One that covers everything from how to deal with picky eating, how to grieve a pregnancy loss, and how to not hate your partner after having kids? Well, your new favorite podcast, After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings, is here. Hosted by two BFFs, this is a no-shame parenting podcast. Listen to and follow After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts.